listening to Proof Text, a Glossa House podcast by Dr. T. Michael W. Halcom, Dr. Frederick J. Long, Dr. Mario Melendez, Dr. Jennifer Noonan, and J. M. Smith. Welcome and enjoy. Hello, welcome to Constituent Marking with Fred Long on Proof Text. And I'm Fred Long, and we're working through 1 Corinthians 12. We'll eventually get to 13 and 14. These are great chapters. So much information here to, to contemplate, so much revelation about the nature of the body, uh, the body of Christ, the, the way that God has put it together in a way for our maximum formation and benefit. I believe that God is optimizing our salvation. <laughs> and that salvation consists of not just future uh, reward and inheritance, as wonderful as that is, and a new heavens, new earth, but the salvation is being worked out in the present, in the wisdom of God, in the in the constitution and the arrangement of the body of believers in regard in relation to one another. So um, I hope you're benefiting as I work through the Greek text, I'll read it, uh, mark it up, try to explain that for those who are listening, can can understand, visualize what I'm doing, and then translate it and discuss it. So we're in verse 25, and uh, it begins with an ina, ina me. So ina, whenever I see an ina, I'm going to put a um, bracket right in front of it, bracket in this marking method, it indicates um, a subordinate clause. So ina is a connector. Uh, it, it is a, a conjunction, a subordinating conjunction. And then the, uh, so it, it, it generally indicates purpose, uh, indicates purpose. There are different purpose constructions. I think ina is the main one that indicates, kind of like the default it takes a subjunctive verb. So whenever I see an ina, I tend to look for a subjunctive, which we have here. So the text reads, ina me a, a with a circumflex and um, smooth breathing mark and a yoda subscript. This is single underlined. The me is dotted boxed because it's an adverb. But a is from imi. Uh, it is third singular subjunctive form from the verb imi. Um, schisma, division, schisma, single underline. Um, ento somati, ento somati is parentheses around that. It's a prepositional phrase. And so altogether, this is the kind of the goal of, of something. So I would translate that uh, in order that there would not be a schism, a division in the body. All right. So let's go back to verse 24. Um, and basically what's happening is that uh, Paul has argued in verse 24 that God has organized the body in a certain way, giving more honor to the, uh, to the weaker uh, or lesser parts and this has been done for a purpose. And that purpose is in order that there would not be division in the body. Um, schisma, schisma. 
But, he says in verse 25, going on, Allah receives a bak, so Allah to avto uper alelon merim nosi ta mele. Okay, so Allah receives a box around it. It is a correction. So rather than a schism, a division, um, the same uper um, alelon, uper is a preposition with alelon, meaning on behalf of one another, um, and then we have merimnosin, which is um, from the verb meaning to care or have anxiety, care for. It's third plural subjunctive, uh, present active sub subjunctive. So present active subjunctive. Uh, the subject is ta mele. Ta mele probably is the subject. Now, this is neuter plural, but it it's uh, agreeing with the... Um, the verb in, in pluralness. So this is kind of interesting because we've been seeing that the third plural neuter can take a third singular verb, but here it actually is agreeing um, in, in number uh, with the verb. Perhaps because um, it's construing the members as a collective of individuals, so truly plural, not as a collective that is treated as a whole, but rather a collective as individual members that act individually in, in the plural. So each one of them is acting as a, as a plurality. Um, so I think there's probably a reason for that. So tamele is uh, the subject. And this um, of caring. So the, the members would care. So that's what we have there at the end. Merim no si ta mele, the members would care, uper alelon, for each other, for one another, a reciprocal pronoun. To avto. To avto. Now, initially I single underlined it, but actually that is neuter and um, singular, and it could be nominative or accusative. Yeah, so nominative or accusative. And uh, actually, my pen just quit. So uh, I'm going to see if I can double underline that with my finger. Yeah, so I've gone from my pen stylus to my finger. <laughs> so uh, bear with me as I'm um, trying to recenter that screen. But um, what's going on here is the toe of toe is almost functioning adverbally. Um, but I think it's the direct object. So the members care the same. So this is, in fact, the uh, direct object. They care the same uh, for one another. Yeah. So as you're marking, you know, sometimes you, you think, oh, well, that looks like it's a single underline. Uh, but then when you, you know, keep looking at the sentence, you can come back and add another line, which we did here. So that's actually the direct object um, and the reason why I said, well, maybe we could take it as like an adverb or something like that is because you could translate this, you know, they care for one another in the same way. And I think, I, I bet that's probably how translations do that. 
to avto, the same way, um, in the same way. So sometimes you have uh, adjectives, and here avto is is functioning like an adjective. It's actually from the uh, the pronoun avtos, and this is a particular use of avtos where it has the article in the front, and it um, it it uh, when it does that, it actually means uh, the same sameness. And so um, as an adjective use, the accusative singular can be adverbial. So this happens with other adjectives like micros adjective can go to micron and it can mean like a little time or something like that, you know, shortly. So, you know, we could debate whether to avto is literally, you know, the same. So the, the members care for one another the same or whether it kind of carries with it a little bit more of an adverbial sense um, in the same way. And this is really a trans, an English translational issue. I mean, in the Greek uh, mind, they would have understood it and they probably would have said, oh yeah, that's an accusative. <laughs> that's, um, that, that's direct object for them or something like that. You know, in their conception, it, it makes perfectly good sense. When we take that into English, we want to translate that um, adverbally to, uh, as something like in the same way. Yeah. So this is the purpose of God's arrangement. His arrangement is that there would be no schism, no division in the body, and but rather uh, that the members individually taken as a plurality, but of individuals such that the verb is plural, uh, in form, would care, would care the same for one another. So that's God's wisdom in forming the body the way that he has. And so that's how I'd mark up this verse and translate it. All right, well, we'll see you next time. Hope you're finding this helpful and take care. Interested in growing your ancient language skills but not sure where to start? Glow's House can help. From illustrated readers and short stories to lexicons and grammars, Glossa House offers a variety of resources for beginning, intermediate, and experienced ancient language learners. Head to glossahouse.com today. Glossa House, language resources for the global community.